0: everyone, thanks for downloading this special pop-up edition of How To Hour with Marvel's first Asian superstar, superhero, and all-round brilliant good egg, Simu Liu. And get this, he's just been named one of Time Magazine's 100 most influential people in the world. And his book, We Were Dreamers, An Immigrant Superhero, Origin Story, is out now. I couldn't put it down. But first... Every morning, Tash, my wife, and I go scoop-da-loop with one heap scoopful of this all-round nutritional insurance which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy, recovery, immunity and digestion. Deep seaweed green like nature itself. This eye candy concoction takes just a few seconds, like no more than five or six. Okay, ten tops. To prepare and taste absolutely gorgeous. And how about this to make it even easier? Athletic Greens is going to now give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash how to wow, athleticgreens.com slash how to wow to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I've now been using this product for two years and I won't have anything said against it. All right, thank you to Athletic Greens. Now let's cue the conversation well over 25 minutes of this seriously suave and super cool Simu Liu. It is so great to be here, Chris. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: What a story. Uh, it's beautifully written. It's very funny. It's very touching. It's very emotive for so many reasons. Uh, let's fast forward um, right to uh, the end of the book. Then we'll go back and then we'll have a lucky dip uh, somewhere in between. <laughs> sure. Let's go to the final audition of you auditioning for the role of Shang-Chi, for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. So the second audition, you say, I can recall pieces of what happened in the room. My reader, Molly's Auburn hair, said a smile. Destin, the director, nodding his head in approval. But it all went by in a blur. I think at some point I threw my pages away and just invented a scene in my head. I didn't know one thing, however. Beyond any reasonable doubt, it was the best audition I'd ever done. How did you know that?
1: Oh man, it's uh, it's it's just the energy in the room, you know. Uh, I remember so so that passage in the book refers to the callback audition that I did in Los Angeles at Seraphim's casting offices. Serafin, of course, is the famous legend, the legendary casting yeah. director of all of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movies. But I remember I, I was meeting Destin for the first time, and it's that spark that happens when you when you found not only your director but your collaborator, and you know th- that thing that I said about throwing away the pages at one point and just inventing. <laughs> A scene that's totally true because Destin saw that I was um I was you know on book, I was reading off the page, and he was like, Great, just throw away the pages and just say whatever you feel like saying. And and we invented, we improved and, and we played around, and, and by the end of it, I was like, I've never experienced that in an audition room before. And I started to really feel nervous because before then, I mean, you're auditioning for a Marvel movie. You know, I, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people <laughs> had sent in their tapes, so it was really the first time that I. I was like oh geez i think i might actually have a shot which means i also have a chance to mess it all up yeah and that made me oh
0: yeah don't overthink it don't get in the way of yourself uh, that's yeah, totally. very important isn't it but of course it wasn't the first time you played a superhero uh, <laughs> it's, it happened so many times in the past you're a superhero children's entertainer yes uh, tell yes. us about those days well
1: it was one of those it was one of those joe jobs that you take on do you say joe jobs in in britain we do now excellent <laughs> we do now i'm making it happen um yeah it was it was you know during my struggle years as an artist of course i'm trying to do everything i can to stay afloat and um, you know, being being a spider-man a dress-up spider-man for kids birthday parties uh, as it happens pays pretty decently uh it's pretty flexible you know <laughs> you get a lot of weekends and um, and so and so yeah i uh, I, I signed up with a company and you know for the most part it's really fun like when when you know you have these parents whose children are about five or six like, before they start to realize that you're not the actual superhero. <laughs> you said five. is, is Five is the, the, the party you want. You want a fifth birthday party. Oh, my God. Yeah, five is great. There are some parents that just do not understand how their children develop yeah. and will invite a spider-man to come to their kids like eight or ninth birthday yeah. and that's that's no good that's no good because the kids know they're just like uh why are you doing this they this, can see I, the
0: velcro it, they can see the velcro exactly <laughs> they know there's a
1: man behind there that just like is probably just as miserable yeah. as they are and, and
0: below, below sort of five they want a clown or something but five is it five is the age oh five is the magic you, you can have
1: them at five yeah 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 they will believe like you can feel their belief that you are spider-man <laughs> and uh and 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 the only reason you're not shooting webs right now is because you don't want to you don't want to you know mess up the the home.
0: Yeah, what Mum's done to prepare the party, and then before um, the the kids' superhero uh, window, there was Superfrosh.
1: Superfrosh. Tell us about Superfrosh. Oh my god, you really have read my book, but can I just say how crazy that feels? Because it's one thing to say. I've seen your movie, and I, and I always feel very, very happy about that. But a book is, I mean, it's such an intimate thing. So thanks, all of you guys, I'm for, the only one for who's reading read it. it. The other two claim they've read it,
0: but they, uh, they, they're, they're just pretending. I'm yeah, doing all the heavy lifting that's fair. here. That's as fair. Always. But I get the big book, so that's thats
1: fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But The Superfrosh was um, was this talent show in my freshman year of college. And it was really, like I say in my book, it's my first kind of brush with fame. And I was coming off of a you know a, a, a pretty, pretty mediocre high school experience, as so many of us have but uh it was this opportunity for me to redefine myself and i remember i was sitting in the bleachers with all of these other freshmen and um and they were like come come and show your talents on on the stage and you know people were coming up and just doing absolutely nothing like one guy threw a chair (laughs) that was his talent and so i was like look i don't yeah i'm gonna give it a shot right so i went up and i did like a backflip and i remember everyone was like going crazy well you saw
0: a parting of the ways
1: didn't you you saw a space on the floor you thought i'm gonna have that i'm gonna take up that space yes very profound. Yeah, very yeah, profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that ended up, be, you know, I ended up being one of the finalists. And then I, I, I wound up on stage in front of the entire student body at one point, uh, dancing and singing for some reason. And then I won the Superfrosh. And I was like that guy on campus. for Yeah, but
0: you cho- you say you chose, I mean, you know, I think you'd be very modest, but you, you said you chose a song that everybody joined in with. So maybe you nailed the song, the song choice as opposed to the singing. I suspect it was a lot of both.
1: Thank you. I will take that. <laughs>
0: okay. Um... As far as being a real-life superhero is concerned, I can't help um, uh, d- d- deducting from the deducing from the first few chapters of the book. You sort of had to be as a little boy to sustain this mad upbringing um, that you experienced. Mm. Born in China, mum mm-hmm. uh, and dad moved to Canada without you. Mm. You didn't really know they were mum and dad. You just thought they were people with grown-up names. Mm-hmm. And then daddy came to take you from China to, for this new life in Canada, which you enjoyed up to a point. Mm-hmm. But then you felt the pr- pressure of their, pr- the, their projected, um, uh, w- almost what they wanted for themselves, but they couldn't get it. So they, they wanted you to have it for them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this takes up a lot of the book and it's fascinating. And you're so candid about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, t- speak to that if you don't mind first, and of then course. tell us how writing about it and getting it out there has helped you with any kind of closure.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, um, you know, it it was less, I think, about closure for me speaking about this, just these kind of intergenerational turmoils that so many of us in immigrant households experience with our parents. Right. Um, So I'm I'm very candid about in the book, as you as you talked about, because specifically for the reason that so many families are not, you know, and it wasn't born out of this 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 desire to air out dirty laundry and to be vindictive against my parents, but truly it was a collaborative effort where we sat down and we said, what is a story that we want to tell so that we can help other families? You know, because when, when I was growing up in my adolescence, my parents and I fundamentally did not understand each other. We butted heads every single day, you know, for my parents growing up from such a vastly different environment than I did, um, couldn't connect to this kid that had all these different problems and was worried about girlfriends and things you know they were worried about you know can will I get to go to school tomorrow you know will I get the opportunities to to fulfill my full potential um they just very different ways of life and and so you know it just yeah it, it led to a lot of clashing and we're we want to share all of the intimate details of what we went through, the arguments that we had, sometimes, you know, things becoming physical. But we want to do that in the interest of, of showing other families, look, you're not alone. You're not the only people to, to ever have these problems. There is a path forward because we have found that path forward. We've reconciled in a very real way and, you know, we're each other's best friends today. So we want to help guide other families to get yeah, there.
0: Yeah, because the book starts where it ends, doesn't it? It starts yes. at you getting the phone call that would change your life and they're being sworn to secrecy by the Marvel execs. Yeah. saying, you know, uh, if there's one thing you ever do, one secret you ever keep, Simu, it's got to be this one. And you said absolutely no problem with that. Yeah, yeah, Put yeah. The Don't
1: up. tell yeah. anyone. And
0: you instantly called your best mate, and then you called your folks,
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I think about th- it's such a realisation of an immigrant dream, you know, that my parents m- must not have even dared dream when they first came to Canada. You know, I, I think... The expectations were, you know, immigrants coming to a country with no support system, no money in their pockets, just hopes and dreams of building a better life. All you want to do is survive. yeah. And to, I think, watch your next generation not only survive, but getting that kind of recognition and, and admiration is, um, you know... I, I, it, it's the best possible gift that I could have given to them. Yeah, because it meant.
0: mum and dad, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of bringing was all about proving your worth and justifying yes. your position and saying, Look, I deserve to be here. But mm-hmm. of course, that isn't dreaming. You know, mm-hmm. it is a dream of sorts, but, but they didn't allow themselves to dream beyond that, which is what you sort of have to do if you want to end up in the business that we're in. Absolutely. So you went beyond their, you stood on the shoulders of their dreams yes. to, to realize yours, yes. which was beyond their comprehension almost.
1: Yes, yes but you know what and what they didn't understand at the time when they were you know yelling at me for not doing my math homework or not you know being an engineer and following in their footsteps was that their their dream you know their sacrifices were made so that I could pursue my own yeah so that I would have the freedom and the privilege of defining my own success and walking and choosing to walk down that path. Yeah. And that's absolutely the gift that they've given me.
0: Um, it's incredible to to think. I mean, you're only, you know, in my world, you're only a baby. You're still only 33 years old. Thank you for saying that, Chris. But I, you really are. I mean, you're a kid. Because you talk about yourself being a kid in the book mm-hmm. in the early 20s I think you're still a kid, actually. But that's because I'm, <laughs> I'm twice your age. Well, almost twice your age. <laughs> Not quite. Um, uh, but uh, it's, you know, bearing that in mind, it's only a, the a, this, the the heartbeat of a sparrow since you were mm. still an accountant at Deloitte, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I can't believe that.
1: I was like, I eye, man. this is
0: one of the best stories. This is why I loved your book. It's one of the best stories, man. <laughs> Tell everybody how, you. Re- we're not yanking their chain. You really were an yes, accountant at yes. Deloitte.
1: I-, I was an accountant. Like two days ago like two days ago yeah 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 it was 10 years it was 10 years ago which I guess is, is a lot longer for me than it is for you yeah um but uh I, easy um, it, it... I thought we were getting known <laughs> I know, I, know. We were... <laughs> I don't know why I said that that came out so aggressive um well I graduated yeah I graduated from college and of course following in in some sort of you know de- defined path that was set by my parents sort of like I was a rebellious kid but even then I could never divorce myself from from their vision of what success ought to be and so that's how I ended up at the offices of Deloitte. Um, hating my life every single day. Right, really and, hating. And, it. and for all the accounts, for all the people that are listening right now on their way to work at Deloitte or other accounting firms, that's not to say. Look, it just wasn't just for just me. Wasn't for you. And if you love your job, I have nothing, but I, I I feel like I. that's what I want more than anything is for you to love your job. I don't job. think you have to defend it as a point of view. I think they right. get it. I'll but it was terrible. It, it was yeah. terrible. I hated every second it. was second minute of
0: it. by minute, wasn't it? You, you really detested it.
1: It, was it made like, you feel sick. It was like waking up at the last possible second, rolling into the office. The last possible second, and then staring at the clock, trying to make excuses. And you know, every every so often, I, I need to go down. I need to take a walk. I need to get a coffee. It was like, get me out of this. Yeah. And and then, um, you know, rinse and repeat for about eight months. And uh, thankfully, thankfully, one day in April, I was uh, I was let go of my job less than less than a year in.
0: Okay, but you couldn't tell your mom and dad.
1: No, that would be. That would have been rough.
0: Okay, and you were acting at the time, so you were doing extras work, and you were hanging around 14 hours with your pals, you know, on various sets of, of big sort of action movies that mm-hmm. they painted the half of Canada to look like Hong Kong in about a minute, and you thought, this is what I want, and I don't care how long I'm going to be here for. <laughs> uh, but um, some of these jobs were at the weekend, and then some were in the week, and this is how come you got fired. I mean, you know, there's lots of gaps to fill in here, but just buy the book. It's brilliant. Simu Liu, uh, We Were Dreamers, and immigrant superhero origin story. But of course, you know, then you know, the the acting itch started to become ever itchier and you just had to end up scratching it. So um, biggest initial break, would you say? What was your biggest initial break?
1: God, it was, I mean, it felt like the biggest deal in the world at the time, but I I, I booked a speaking role. My very first speaking role was on a, a CW show called Nikita, and I played Hong Kong Desk Cop Number One, and I'll do the, I'll do the lines for you right now. So the, um, I, I walk into an interrogation room and I say, uh, "Inspector, you have a call from headquarters," and the inspector goes, "Headquarters?" and I say, "Headquarters, Beijing." End scene. I liked it. And it was, yeah, it it was, it it was the biggest (laughs) deal because I never thought of myself as a working, I was just doing it as a hobby to pass the time because I was unemployed. And then, you know, being on set around professionals and being, you know, kind of brought up to that level. I remember I had a scene with Shane West, Shane West, the actor from A Walk to Remember. was very big in my childhood. I don't know if you guys are
0: a Walk to Remember fan. You were in disbelief
1: when you were on set with this guy. Total disbelief. And I was like, you can make a living doing this. And from that point on I was I was in. I you was were in.
0: in. Uh, And then again, various things happened. Um, One week, Simu uh, found himself earning like $10,000 in 10 days or something like that. Um, And what, what, you know, but then there was a lean period, you know, and then you got more regular acting work. Ups and downs, man. Ups and downs. Yeah, ride the roller coaster because that's what it's all about, bebe. Yeah,
1: bebe.
0: You know, and by the way, the bigger the lows, the more potential, the higher the zeniths are. Yes. Um, But then what I love about you is you you poured all your money back into acting. So then you started taking acting lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, just tell us what you learned about that how things developed and how that helped you to get to where you are today
1: yeah well that i mean the the classes are really important because anybody otherwise anybody could just just kind of walk in and and start you know acting and i think it's fine for the one or two liners but i think i i I came to the realization very quickly that it was about more than just being on uh you know having a camera pointed at you and looking pretty there was a real craft to, to this, and, and the more I took classes, the more I discovered how much I loved just performing, playing characters, getting deep into the psyche of, of the characters that I would inhabit. And, um, you know, you think of, like, any remote emotionally repressed kid from an immigrant household where talking about your feelings was just, like, not on the table. All of a sudden, I was studying feelings every day, and so it just became so addictive going to acting class and getting to just emote
0: Yeah. It really was. I mean, you really had found your lane, hadn't you? You could sense it, yeah, yeah. you know. And once, you know, and I, like you say, uh, you know, I hope people listen to this. If you have a sense of your lane, your true nature, you know, it's so much easier to to exist within that, uh, mm. as opposed to, you know, no, often if you're blessed with you know loads of energy you you find it easier to keep bashing that universal square peg into a round hole which is fine but you once you the second you stop bashing it, it will pop out again far better to find your true nature and swim in that lane that's beautiful and then you got you got this um you got this really quite decent gig in canada didn't you um that, that was a great thing and then it became a hamstring as well
1: mm. yeah i mean I, so the show the show that you're talking about is kim's convenience um which which is on netflix all over the world but it was yeah it started as a small canadian show about an immigrant family which it was you know so amazing and um, was based on a play that was written by a Korean Canadian playwright and and so it had all of the trappings of this incredible story that you know was a champion of diversity and inclusion and, and you know not that it wasn't those things and not that I'm not proud of the work that we did but it, it you know it just kind of felt like over time uh, it wasn't it wasn't quite what I what I had expected it would be for my career and it became very clear to me that I needed to look onwards that so, this would not be my salvation. Yeah. And so that actually was the driving force of me trying to break into Hollywood. So Hollywood, baby, the Hollywood Hills. There you go.
0: An and agent, uh, you know, an agent who you were suspicious of at first. Uh-huh. You got to meet him in a coffee shop. Yes. Uh, you were ripped off by
1: a Spider-Man uh-huh. uh,
0: the moment you arrived. Do you, yep. do you want to encapsulate yeah. those
1: little headlines there? Well, yeah, it was my, you know, my first trip down to LA to, you know, my my, my quote unquote signing meeting with my very first manager it just was not as glamorous as... what. You, you would imagine basically, I showed up, I had no money, so I was staying in a hostel off of Hollywood Boulevard. And so, of course, you know, you, you have these people in Leicester Square, but it's like the, uh, the dress ups that, uh, you know, I was passing by and the Spider Man, you know, and well, you I you went have to a the Chinese spot.
0: theater straight away That's to get, right. get went, in the
1: mood, didn't you? Of course, of course. I was like, Hollywood, I won't take me to Hollywood Boulevard. I want to see the Walk of Fame. And of course, it's like, yeah, and I had a soft spot for dress up superheroes, you of course. It, yeah. So Spider Man comes up to me, he's like, Let me take a photo of you. And then he grabs my phone, and I'm like, Oh, okay. So I take a photo in front of the Chinese theater and then he turns it around and he's, you know, taking a selfie with me. And then he's like, that'll be $20 for Spider-Man. And I was like. Get the F out of here. What if a and, and so I came out of that whole experience. That was like my the first, like my defining interaction right when I first landed in LA. And then of course I meet um Chris, who's still my manager today, but he was, you know, like six, seven years ago, he was like just like in a in, in a polo and shorts and flip flops, and I was like, oh, like this is not what I like I expected like three piece suit energy and you know, this guy was like because you'd been watching too much Entourage. I had been watching That's too why. much Entourage. By the way, you yeah. paid
0: Spider-Man $5. You gave him five dollars. I did, I did. I, I, yeah. You sensitive soul. Oh, yeah. Uh, right so um so then you had to get out of Canada and you had to get into to the states and the only way you could do that was by applying for the status of um alien with unfathomable talent or oh, what was the phrase I can't remember <laughs> Thank you I much prefer that one
1: the 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 technical term is I believe alien of extraordinary ability that's it that's the work visa and status because thing. of
0: your job in Canada and yes. um, Kim's convenience, you, yes. you
1: qualified yes yes no a lot of people don't know this it's it's you know Canada and and the UK are similar in that we can't just um we can't just go you know take a flight into LA and start auditioning. You need you need something from the government that is that allows you to go in and, and work as a as a temporary you know, temporary residence. So that's, you need to establish notability in your respective field. And how you do that is you engage an immigration attorney and then you, you know, I'm really laying down the advice for all the aspiring actors out there. You you need all the press that you've done, all the awards and, and the accolades. And you just need, basically you need to be your biggest advocate and you need to send that file into immigration services and they give you a visa and they say, come on in.
0: Yeah, and uh, what's interesting about you know as as that sort of journey progressed and you end up at this audition or you end up you on the on the eve of the callback to play mm. Shang Chi, um, you 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 sort of accidentally organised this massive um, sporting event, for this <laughs> festival in Canada because you had become you, you had some useful fame, you had a useful amount of fame. I think uh-huh. there's I think there's a, quite an interesting currency in fame. You know mm-hmm. what's useful at what what point, mm-hmm. and it was really useful for you to sell a hundred thousand tickets for your event uh, for you to play um, basketball with your some of your superstar
1: oh thank you so much yeah. I, I believe it was more like a thousand a thousand tickets i thought it was hundred thousand oh thank you we could go with hundred thousand okay 000.
0: i was gonna i was gonna sorry i apologize it was, was an gonna,
1: intimate it was, <laughs> it was but, a little bit more intimate
0: right okay but anyway solve that in about a second sure sure, sure. um but then you had to leave your own event um mm-hmm. sort of undercover of darkness to go back to hollywood to get the biggest job in the world Yes. Yeah. I basically, <laughs> That's crazy. And when,
1: when initially, when we were trying to schedule these things out, so yeah, I, I basically I, I organized this basketball event called the Chinese Canadian Youth Athletics Association Celebrity Classic, and we brought all these you know Asian American <laughs> and Asian Canadian influencers from all over North America. Of course, we set it on the date. Uh, that that marvel eventually when they when invited me over for a screen test which is the final audition fell in the exact same day so yeah. i did the unfathomable thing of saying no to marvel but it wasn't oh, okay it wasn't a no it was like a pretty please can you please 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 move it by just one day so that i can do this event which was a risky call man it was a rip man i know especially when when you don't have it yet Like it's, you know, you you feel like anything you say could change their mind. Oh! But thankfully they were very cooperative, and so well they were half cooperative. It still meant that I had to fly out at 5 a.m. the next morning. But it was it was just like you could not picture a more. Man, we have to get up at 4
0: a.m. every morning, uh, and we're not
1: auditioning for the next super. That's true. Super Marvel superhero. That's exactly why I'm not in radio too. But yeah, it was it, it. You could not picture like you couldn't write a better sequence of events because at that night I ended up like sinking the game winning bucket. Um, I had all my friends around me. I had a crowd of a thousand people cheering me on. And then the next morning I went off and I earned the role of a lifetime.
0: Come on! I Come love on. it! I love it! Um, so then you, you, you bag the role and then it's going to be announced at Comic-Con. Just, just, could you give us a minute on that,
1: please, if you don't mind? Yeah, so, I mean, Kevin Feige calls me on Tuesday, right? He's like, we want you to be Shang-Chi. And then he's like, in four days, you're going to fly down to San Diego. We're going to announce you in front of the crowd at Comic-Con it's gonna, it's gonna be nuts. And I was like, okay, great. What, what, what should I do? Should I bring? Should I dress up? And he was like, no, no, no. Just come. It's, it's very casual. Just bring, bring you. And so, of course, I show up in San Diego with like twenty dollars skinny jeans from Zara. You know, shout out to Zara. I've got this, you know, I I, I look like me. Not I look Zara. like a person. But the first thing that happens when we pull into, so we pull into the Hard Rock Hotel where, you know, all the all the kind of top talents stay. We pull into the basement. And then the moment my car door opens up, I walk out. And the first thing I see is Natalie Portman passing right in front of me. Whoa. And she looks stupid. Stunning. Of course. They're, you know, you're talking like, you know, these these guys. They have glam teams and people following them around. It's like a whole production. And so I, I'm like, Kevin, you, like, he, he, he didn't tell me any of this. He was just like, bring, you know, he 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 wanted me to be like the guy that was just being thrown into things, right? But I was like, oh, Kevin, you, you done me dirty, Kevin.
0: (laughs) Or words to that effect.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so
0: you're on stage, and you're then. There's a great picture in the book, isn't that? You're yeah, surrounded yeah, yeah. by like the most famous people in the
1: world. The most famous people in the <laughs> world who are
0: now your pals and are embracing you as such because they're so pleased for you. I know a couple of the individuals involved, and they are very giving, very you know, yes, very, very. So
1: they're grateful themselves every day, and Absolutely. they share, they sort of so they sort of uh, transmit that kind of vibe. And and I think they're keenly aware of this like phenomenon of fame and and this kind of the 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 confluence of like the comic book fandom and everything that's happening to them. I mean, it's really, it's, you don't really know until you're in it and so what I found is that you know everyone in the Marvel Universe has been just very they've been like I know what you're going through and I know it's the best thing in the world but I also know that it's a lot so, so don't hesitate to reach out if reach you ever out, need which anything. It's is beautiful isn't it? Yeah absolutely. So
0: cool but you get that sense from the films they're real gang shows yeah. you get the fact that or, or you hope at least anyway that what's happening on screen which is so special you know regardless of all this brilliant special effects and all the geniuses involved in that mm-hmm. you get this chemistry thing that must be happening off the screen because you can't really get that on unless it's also off
1: well i mean there i will say each and every one of those actors individually are, are incredibly talented humans so i'm sure that i'm sure that even if we hated each other they would it uh, <laughs> would find a way to turn <laughs> it on <laughs> for the cameras i'm but...
0: not sure <laughs> oh anyway i'm gonna I really prefer to i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my no i think you're list. right
1: i think you're right everybody i mean it, everyone gets on quite well and it, it, kevin's really just you know he, he fosters such an incredible work environment
0: um you know, your book ends on a sort of cliffhanger in a way. Uh, I can—I sense another one um, is, is in the <laughs> offing. I can't wait to read it. By the way, it's a great story, man. And we've only touched—we've only touched on the surface here, but it's such a beautiful story. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the next few
1: years to you and your career and your life? Um, well, I'd love to make another one. Right. Uh, I think—I think there's probably an, a little bit of demand in the world for that. <laughs> I Think there might be. Um, but I think, um, you know, I think being at this point in 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 my life and and in 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 having Shang-Chi, you know, introduced to the world as, you know, the first lead Asian superhero in the Marvel universe, I think it occupies a very, very unique space. And I think I want to kind of continue to use that platform to be a voice for, for our community. It's one that historically maybe hasn't been given a lot of visibility, a lot of voice. And so I want to kind of continue to take up space and and also to hopefully to open up that space and, and bring other people on board as well.
0: Well, well done. And uh, by the way, the opening fight scene in the bus. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it Because I, I, I hadn't seen the movie till yesterday. I watched it. My kids, they love you anyway. Oh, and I, I, and I just about had time. After reading the whole of your book, it was like eight o'clock. I've got to be off in three hours. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to watch the film. I'm going to watch the film. But like the opening scene in the bus, it's like, was that, is that, was that all you? it was most it was mostly me because you were a stuntman as well weren't you? You,
1: I, I, you I was not to not to any degree that you know someone like a Jackie Chan would be or like a Jet Li a Bruce Lee a, degree right right no I was like a, I was like the substitute stunt man I was like the guy that you called if your main guy was sick and your second guy was injured then they would be like okay throw Simu in. let's see what he could do yeah. and and but you, know, you had
0: a bit of previous useful previous I
1: had a bit of physicality yes right. yes but it, but, but uh, all credit to our incredible stunt team um, I did as much as I could and as much as they would let me but you know at the end of the day there these are big productions and you know i was i was told time and time and time again when if you get injured everybody loses so that was um i still i still managed to sneak a few in
0: there mate well you cannot tell i couldn't see the joint and I, i know we're out of time but just very briefly how the heck do they make these films they're so clever aren't they Oh I mean you're gosh. all great all the acting is fantastic and there yeah, has to yeah. be a real connection there that has to be sort of almost Shakespearean in a way and often super the, mm-hmm. the reason superhero mm-hmm. movies are so good nowadays is because mm-hmm. there's so much going on that is beyond and of the soul and of the spirit mm-hmm. and what's important about life and that's why they come to life and there's humour. they don't take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. yet they deal with very serious subjects mm-hmm. and sometimes the best way of all to get that across is with levity and with a light touch and with humour and with a smile
1: mm-hmm. but how the heck do they deal i think you just described you literally just described it no uh, um i would say i would say in kevin we trust you know he's the one guy that's kind of done it time and time and time again and um you know it's it's seeing his confidence and his passion every day um you know because when he shows up on set he's just like a kid he's not the hot you know the 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 hired weary-eyed hollywood producer that's like ah kid uh ah, you did you do too many of these and the business ruins yeah he's there and he's like oh my god that's so cool i can't believe you oh man i can't believe the sets look like that and when when you're like when your you know fearless leader has that infectious kind of childlike wonderment energy it's impossible for you not to buy into the process as well i wonder what that must be like uh
0: great to meet you
1: man Thank you so much You're for having me. You're welcome
0: anytime. Great book. This is a great book uh, for you, for the kids uh, to read. It's great story. It's got some great lessons in it. It's very candid, it's very vulnerable. It's so cool. Thank you. Simuliu, We Were Dreamers, an immigrant superhero origin story. It's okay. on the New York Times bestseller list. Why well, wouldn't it be? I'd be surprised if it wasn't. <laughs> it would be a crime against literature, my friend. <laughs> There he was. What a cool dude. So nice to the team. Um, Looked everybody in the eye, shook everybody in the hand, Instagram photographs afterwards. Uh, Simu Liu. If you like that, don't forget to rate and review this episode and take a deep dive into the How To Wow collection for more like this from other megastars, such as Matthew McCartney. Mini Driver, who's very nice about us on Instagram, wasn't she? I mean, like, overly nice. Like, we'd paid her, but we hadn't. Well, I don't think we had. I didn't hear about it if we did. And even Ron Howard. Okay. Tira. Sorry. ta-da